When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thought yeah. because joining us, very excited. He's the best, man. Look, when you have a rematch of the Super Bowl in this kind of game, you need the best. And of course, it's Monday Night Football, ABC, ESPN, uh, with Troy. He's the great Joe Buck. Hey, Joe, I got one of your former partners here with me. No, I know. That's why I'm here. I mean, I love both of you. I'm glad that my presence made you guys sit up straight. That was that was. <laughs> I, that was that. Just, I straightened up for you. I did. You <laughs> did. I, I mean, I love both of you guys in your own way. And Baldy and I had some fun back in the day. So uh, you know, he's friends with my wife. He's friends with me. He feels like family. So good to be on. Well, we should check in real quick, Joe. Just how uh, Bize is doing. How the twins are doing. Like, how's everything at home these days, Joe? You, you're able to concentrate uh, on this game tonight, or you got other stuff going on back there? No, I can't wait to leave town every week. When that, <laughs> uh, when that airplane door shuts, I'm, I'm in a nice, happy place. Uh, got here on Saturday, went to the Chiefs practice, uh, met with those guys afterward, talked to the Eagles yesterday. And, uh, yeah, the Twins are great. Everybody's excited about Thanksgiving, getting family in town in St. Louis. But – uh, there's a big, there's a big game to do between now and then. And I, I, you know, I, along with everybody at our, in our group cannot wait for tonight. So bad weather, huh, Joe? It looks like it's uh, pretty nasty out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a downpour, but it's kind of a misty gray, chilly, not cold day. Um, it's been worse. I mean, I know the Eagles uh, and Chiefs both spend time working with wet footballs during the week. It was absolutely gorgeous when we went to practice on Saturday. And then typical, you get a big game and uh, and the rain sets in. But if these two teams play and the footing's not too good, uh, I guess they should be used to that, uh, thinking back on fifth, Super Bowl 57. Hey, hey, Joe, you're talking about the slippery <laughs> the father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hassan Reddick is still bitching about it, Joe. Um, it's interesting, Joe. Like, when this schedule came out and you saw, you know, right here in the middle of November, week 11, Monday night, a Super Bowl rematch, I mean, there, you, you, nobody knew that both teams were going to be the two best in their conferences, 15 days rest. The schedule makers got this one right for you, Joe. Yeah, they did, and it was a gift from the league. Um, you know, we I, I think when the when the season started and before the schedule came out, all networks wanted two games. They wanted Aaron Rodgers' first game as a Jet, uh, which we got week one, and that lasted about four seconds. Yeah. Uh, and and then it was this game. It was the rematch of these two teams. When we talked to Jalen yesterday, by the way, uh, and about this matchup, he said, "I thought we were going to end up playing week one." So we've had to wait for a while. Uh, here we are. And then so not only does the schedule come out and and us as a network and all of us as football fans hope that this game lives up to its billing, 
But you've got, as you said, the team with the best record in the AFC against the team with the best overall uh, in the Eagles. And then you hope for health. And for the most part, I know you guys were talking about Jalen's knee when I came on. These are two healthy teams coming yeah. off bye weeks. So it, they're set up to, to show their best here tonight. You know what's odd, Joe, too, is that both these teams, you just went through it with that resume, yet in their own both ways, they, they don't get the respect that they, that they deserve. They're talking about the Chiefs' offense. They look at the Eagles say, well, you know, you, you really haven't you know, blown teams out. It's odd the way both of these teams are looked at by the public. I can't tell you how many times Jalen said to us, I don't care how it looks. And and I, I believe it when he says it. I don't think he cares how it looks. You know, they're sitting here at eight and one. Chiefs are seven and two. Uh, you know, they deserve respect for what they've been able to do coming off Super Bowl 57. And if you had to put everything you owned uh, into the middle of the table, and somebody said, hey, pick the two teams that are going to be in Super Bowl 58. I think you'd be crazy at this point to not pick the Eagles and the Chiefs. So I'm with you. I mean, I, I think they deserve credit for, for piling wins back up again after a Super Bowl and for the Eagles after a Super Bowl defeat and a hell of a game. Um, so both coaches deserve credit. And, uh, you know, we'll see who wins tonight. I, I think the beauty is no matter how the early part of the game unfolds, you're never going to count either one of these two teams out uh, with the kind of comebacks we've seen and with the kind of uh, firepower that these two teams have. Uh, it, it should be a game, you know, that stays interesting throughout because of that. Joe, um, you're going to have the Hall of Fame quarterback next year tonight. And I just, I just imagine, Joe, just being in the booth all these years doing these games. When you get great quarterback play, it's almost like just get out of the way. Let these guys go get it. Let them go entertain us. And I feel like that could happen tonight. Like, both these quarterbacks are just capable of just doing magical things with the ball in different ways. So, you got Mahomes and Hurts. Do you feel like sometimes you don't have to – you don't really need a whole lot more, Joe? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, sometimes – and, and I, I experienced this in baseball too. When the games are at their best and feel their biggest, you have to do the least. I mean, at some point – live shots of what's going on here in Kansas City are going to be more interesting or compelling than just going play, replay, play, replay. And and like you said, Baldy, um, with the way these two teams have at quarterback and the guys they have, they can beat you so many different ways. There's not a lot of technical stuff yeah. to break down with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he and Kelsey are on this telepathic wavelength and that you know they like like Spags, uh, you know, was telling about his own team. I said, you know, when you watch your team on offense, he said there's the design play, and then there's everything that happens after the design yeah. play is over, and they just kind of go get it, go find an open spot. And so for Troy, definitely for me, but for Troy, there's not a whole lot of you know X's and owing it. It's just kind of sit back, watch, appreciate, and see who wins. It was funny because Spags told me they, they played golf. He and Mahomes played golf uh, right before uh, training camp. And he's like, you know, dang it. The guy's what is just so good at everything he does, right? Like picks up a golf club, hits it straight, 300. And he's just that kind of athlete, like that kind of guy. Like we talk about him with baseball and as a pitcher. And that's the thing about Mahomes. 
is when you watch him and the hurts to a to the same extent, you watch them just create. And it's so interesting and different when you watch like the the kind of the creativeness of both quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Mahomes has been doing that since he took over in 2018. And I was we've seen a you know, this incredible three-year burst of Jalen Hurts and him getting better and better and better. I, I just hope that the knee allows him to do what we hope to see him do, which is things break down. He's able to get outside. He's able to take off. He's able to beat defenders to a point. That's that's what makes it so fun. I mean, I, I think the difference is, I, I don't get me wrong, I think Hurts has got his eyes downfield, but Mahomes is always looking downfield. Yeah. Hurts is, is a different different guy, and, and I think when it breaks down, their best option is him running the football. Uh, so we talked to him yesterday. I asked him about the knee. Uh, you know, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty closed off to, yeah. to people like me, but he said – you know, I, the rest came at a good time. I got my rest. The knee, I still feel it. I said, is this something you're going to have to deal with the rest of the year? And he said, I hope not. Uh, but time will tell. So it's still there. He's not perfect. Very few are at this point in the season. Uh, guys hide injuries. Guys play through stuff. So uh, I, I just hope that he's able to do all, all that we want to see him do tonight. Joe, we had uh, Andy Reid on with us last week, and I told him, me and Cuz have known Andy since he came to Philadelphia in 1999, and I said to him, for the first time, I think, in 25 years, Andy, I'm talking more about your defense than I am your offense. And he kind of laughed about it, but he, he agreed that they rebuilt this defense last year. Spags has done a tremendous job. Like, defense is kind of ruling this league right now. We see it week in, week out. And I feel like the Chiefs have that style that they can play any style right now, Joe. Yeah, I agree. And and I think the, the hard thing to do is any organization, and these are the two very best at doing it, is reinventing the roster. And we've seen it. You know, they're they're gonna the Eagles are gonna have Julio Jones out there a lot. And mm -hmm. and the pitch count that's in air quotes, I think, will be bet the over on the pitch count. Uh, we talked to Nick, and, and he said, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to take him off the field, now without Dallas Goddard. And, right. and Julio Jones is not only Julio Jones through the air, but one of the better run-blocking wide receivers. But you're right, Baldy, about, about the Kansas City defensive, the youngest defense in the NFL, mm -hmm. averaging just over 25 years old. Their oldest guy is Chris Jones, who's 29. So when you can reinvent, get younger – and still be really good and in some ways improve from a Super Bowl championship type team that they had last year defensively, uh, you're right. I mean, they're, they're good and they're young, and that's the, the key to success in any league, not just the NFL. You get, get, get younger and get better, that's hard to do. Joe, I feel like everybody has sort of – they know Andy Reid, but I don't know if the nation, if, if the NFL world – really knows what the strength of Nick Sirianni is. You've been around him quite a bit here, Joe, since he took over. What What's your take on Nick and why he is so effective at such an early age right now? I think he's got, and, and this is not a knock, I think he's got really great assistance. We saw that with the two guys leaving to become head coaches. I think he runs a really good organization. I think his assistants 
you know, you talking to their PR guys, he's like, man, th this staff meets more than any staff. I think they go through every possible scenario. They've got a wide receiver coach splashing water in Britton Covey's face while he's catching punts <laughs> during practice in anticipation of a wet night, which it looks like we're going to get. I think he's very smart. I think, uh, you know, I, I think he's genuine. You know, I think when, when you get some of those – uh, those analogies or metaphors that he throws out there all the time, but you see it year after year and week after week. I think it's genuinely who he is. And I think players, you know this better than I do, Baldy, but I, I think players respond to a genuine person yeah. at head coach. You see that with Dan Campbell with the Detroit Lions. I, I think there's no BS there. There's no act. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's an act with Nick Sirianni. And I think they want to go play. I think they've got great talent that Howie gives them. And I think he does a lot with that talent. Yeah, and look, and you brought it up. I mean, you know, that organization, I, I just can't say enough. When we talked to Andy, we talked about how Howie really grew. Because remember, you know, it's so interesting because how Andy, you know, had Howie and it really helped him grow as a GM, as a football guy. Because when Howie came in, he was Joe Banner's cap guy. And you've watched him grow as a football, as a GM, with a lot of Andy's principles and what Jeffrey Lurie's done from up top, I mean, that's just a great organization. It is. Um, it, it's, it's the class of the NFL. These are, these are the two top, in, in my opinion, um, just with the ability to adjust, retool, uh, but continue a level of consistency and, and winning. Um, you know, the, these are the two winningest teams over the last three years since Sirianni came into Philly and Andy Reid's been great since we were talking to him in production meetings in 99. So it's a long, big body of work for, for Andy, but it's, it's a really great start for Nick. Let's talk about Andy for just one second, Joe. You, you watch Belichick with like kind of a second act beyond Brady up in New England. And then you've watched Andy and he had great success in Philadelphia goes to Kansas City, has Alex Smith. They're right there. He rebuilds them quickly. And then, of course, Mahomes comes and they win titles. You know, it, it's amazing. You must have look at Andy as, like, the preeminent coach along with Bill. But really, Andy's done it for over 20 years now consecutively with two different teams and really four different quarterbacks. If you count Donovan, the Michael Vick kind of yeah. thing. And then, uh, and then, you know, uh, Alex Smith and Mahomes. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think for Andy, who we all love for, for a hundred different reasons, um, you look at the staff that he put together in his first staff in 99 and the, the coaching tree that's come off that, that kind of in its own way tells you all you need to know about Andy Reid. And he was, I mean, he hired Jim Johnson, who was like the godfather of, of all these defensive coaches. And Jim was a guy that he didn't really know well. Um, he had played at Missouri quarterback, Jim did. And Andy was at Mizzou. Um, and now we're kind of, you know, right down the street from Mizzou. It kind of all comes full circle. But that staff in 99 was just loaded. And Spags was on that staff. Yeah. Um, so he brings Spags back in 2019. He kind of lets, I think, Steve do what, what he wants to do. And then offensively, you know, he's an, he's an O-line coach at heart. Um, I think he's a great talent evaluator. 
and uh, and he's a hell of a play caller. I, I don't, and he's a leader. I, mean, I don't know what else you want in a head coach, and and organizations are are dying to find guys like that. Joe, I feel like we've talked enough football. Like you're the pop king culture guy right here in this room. <laughs> What's 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 going on with Taylor Swift tonight, Joe? That's what the nation wants to know <laughs> while this game is going on. What what can you inform us about right now? Well, I mean, do they want to know that? Does the nation want to know that? I know that I'll I'll, I'll get back on the bad list in Philly if all we do is talk <laughs> about Taylor Swift. So, um, I, I I you know part of me I was dying. We were dying to have her here for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and and I know some people roll their eyes at it, but. It's a big story, and, yeah. and she brings eyeballs and, and, believe it or not, changes the rating and changes the number in the NFL. That's why I asked, Joe. I, she's from Philadelphia. I know, but, yeah, she's but a she's, Philly girl. She's yeah. from Reading, so Pennsylvania, Joe. She's going to have an yeah, Eagles jersey on. I, I don't know what she's going to have on. but Well, I mean, she's going to be in Brazil. She's not going to be here, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> we'll leave that for another crew. Um, I, it may get referenced during the game, but I think the beauty of it is, you know, this tonight, uh, going into this game, I, we're highlighting two men that are phenomenal, great yeah. people in Travis and Jason, and, and you must have just so much respect ah. for Jason. I know the city just loves him. I, I you know, you read the, the comments by, by the family with regard to Travis, my wife, Michelle buys has a great piece on coaching both Kelsey's um, and, and it's going to oh, run in good. tonight's pregame. And, and it, it shows you just who these people are. It's great. Um, but good for Travis. I, you know, I, I am a dad with two girls. I got two little boys, but I've met Taylor a couple times and I can just tell you, forget, forget the corny stuff and the yeah. old, I, I have seen her away from cameras and how she treats people around her and young fans she seems like a really good person i know travis is a really good person yeah. so good for them yeah. i'm glad yeah. for them and, and if they're happy awesome but uh you know because of that terrible event that happened in brazil which a 23 yeah. year old young lady lost her life things got rescheduled so she's not going to be here tonight that's what we're told and uh and we'll just go on and do the game yeah, well, it'll be great. Yeah, Joe, you're the best, brother, man. You know, we love you, buddy. Really, enjoy the game tonight, and nobody better than you to call it. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Good to see you. All right, Joe, talk to you. See you. All right, see you. Bye. There he is, the, the great Joe. Great, I, I love him, man. He's, like, for a game this big, Oh yeah. like, there's no better than a guy like him to call it, man. Yeah. I remember um, doing a game with Joe. So, wait, real quick. You guys, 0-1. You guys were the team. So listen, yeah, well, listen to this. So Joe was doing baseball in 2001. Amazing baseball guy. Amazing. So listen, but here's yeah. listen to this though. So, anyways, um, the Yankees and Diamondbacks play in the World Series. Okay. And game seven is in Arizona, and the Diamondbacks win. Yeah. Right, that's on a shilling, Sunday night. That's the shilling bloody sock. That's it. Right? So uh, they um, the game seven ends Sunday night. And I'm watching this. I'm, I'm watching it from the dugout. I'm in. I'm in the stadium because I'd done a game. Oh, you did the wow! No, I I, I did a, an Arizona Cardinal game. So my buddy Kevin Kennedy was doing the sidelines yeah. for Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went and I joined him in the in the dugout during the game. Ah. So Joe's upstairs. Well, he's in the dugout. So Joe's upstairs. Like I'm there early. I, I literally come from the football game to the baseball game. So I'm in the. So anyways, I go up. I see Joe up there. 
and I'm in the dugout, and that's so the the game finishes. Uh, you know, and it's it's 9/11, the year 9/11. Oh right. So Joe goes off the air, and he yeah. ties up he ties up 9/11 baseball World Series, in a, like a like a soliloquy that was just brilliant, and he did it off the top of his head. Wow. And how important baseball was to kind of healing, yeah, helping yeah, the yeah, healing yeah. process. But anyways, that's Sunday night. Friday, I'm with Joe. We're in St. Louis, and we have a production meeting with Mike Martz, and we're doing St. Louis and Carolina on Sunday. Wow. That's so five greatest, days later. The greatest show on turf Rams. It was, it, was that, it was that run. So we literally are in a production meeting with Mike Martz, and I'm talking to Joe, and I'm telling you, he knew every single thing about both teams before he even asked the questions to the players or the coaches. Yeah, yeah. Then we did the game. He, did, he went from doing baseball to doing NFL football without skipping a beat. And it's just, uh, it was just, it blew me away just how, like, people, I know in Philadelphia, all these guys, Aikman, Troy, like, they'll all, people take their shots. They have no idea how prepared well, that's these guys are. That's just the nature of national yes. broadcasting. It, it comes right? with the like, territory. In every market, because let's face it, like you're used to your hometown announcers, right? And so you're in a hometown announcer, even when the hometown announcer is trying to look at it yeah, neutral. A, as neutral as possible, yeah. it's still, they're, they're familiar to you, right? So it's going to sound different. Yeah. So when they call it, and, and they do, they, look, they follow the story. When you follow the story, that's how it is nationally. And it's going to sound like you're anti the home team or anti your team, however it, it, it comes across. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, Joe's done countless Super Bowls now, World Series. And so by the time you get to the big games, and even tonight, almost everybody knows every single story. It could be Taylor Swift. It could be Mahomes' interceptions. It could be anything. Yeah. The fans know. So Joe's decision is what's what have we, what have we learned from Andy and Spags and Nick you know and Jalen that we can bring to the broadcast that nobody else knows yep. so let's so his literally he has to cut through all the clutter to get to what we can bring to this broadcast and then once you get a, a good game like just get out of the way and Joe knows how to get out of the way. Well, and right, he lets it breathe. Yes. And, and, and that's that's true. And there's an art to all So that. there's a couple of things that he pointed out, which is fascinating. Uh, one, let's look at Julio Jones, because, you know, where Nick likes his blocking, mm -hmm. right? He's a guy, there's no Goddard, right? So it's a big deal because the Eagles are very thin. You got Jack Stoll, you got Albert O, yeah. who actually yeah. at once upon a time I liked when he was in Denver. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to see a lot of Julio Jones. He's, Nick said, Nick told Joe, who just told us, he's going to have a lot of trouble taking him off the field tonight. Well, you know, one thing, I remember talking to Julio Jones when he was in Atlanta. And he just, you know, he was obviously this Hall of Fame talent. And at one point, the most dominant receiver in the NFL. And the one thing when I talked to him was he said, you know, the thing that I wish people would t spend more time talking about me about is my blocking. Like, I remember when um, Jalen Ramsey came to the Rams on a trade. The first game he played was against Atlanta, and he went up against Jalen and Julio went at it. And Julio was, you know, Jalen's a good tackler. He's a physical guy. Like, his blocking on Jalen Ramsey he thought was as important as anything in that game. So I think you'll see a lot of three wide receiver sets, 
a lot of four wide receiver sets and spreading Kansas City out. And and then in the run game, Julio, like in the slot, you know, taking on the nickelback or taking on the linebacker because he can do those things. All right, so let's also talk about the Eagles offense. You mentioned it. Cam Jurgens is back. So that's a big deal. Now, what do you think when it comes to the run game? Because the one thing we saw early, we saw Swift play a big role in this Eagles offense early, and it's kind of dialed back a little bit. I, I got to believe that tonight, especially with, the, with Kansas City secondary and no Goddard, that you see a lot more, let's try to run the football with DeAndre Swift. Well, I think you're going to see that, okay? And then, you know, look, there's a reason why Cam Jurgens won the job. Okay, I mean, Sua Peta came in. He did fine. He was the backup. You know, then Tyler Steen came in when Opeta got hurt. And so they've, they've just been a trickle-down effect. But Jurgens, like, he's going to see a lot of Chris Jones tonight. And if you don't man up against Chris Jones, he can ruin your offense in a lot of different ways. But he's going to see him a lot. That is, it's a matchup to watch. But I think what Jurgens gives the Eagles is just much more athletic ability on the offense line to get to the perimeter to get to some of these gut runs that they like when they pull both Jurgens and Kelsey to get on the outside. And they use Lane to kind of seal things and get more perimeter runs. And that would get you out to where Julio's blocking. I think I think you'll see an emphasis on that tonight. Yeah, I do too. I, I think you're going to see a lot of Swift tonight, a lot of those outside zone reads, uh, zone uh, runs. I, I think you're going to see kind of that sort of thing. Uh, Let's look at the Hurts factor. We talked about the knee, and obviously it's still bothering him because he hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been dynamic. No, like he has and been. he's been a little, uh, not annoyed, but he clearly does not like talking about his knee. And you can tell by the, with just the tone of Joe, when Joe brought it up to him, he's like, you know, yeah, the knee, and, it's, and, it's, and it bothers him a little bit. If you're Spags and you know this, all right. Now, how does this chess match make? Because you still have a guy like Hertz who can hurt you with his well, arm. He, he's shown you that. He ran a fourth down play in the Super Bowl for 30-something yards. And Nick Bolton, the inside linebacker, was he was spying him. And Hertz just, he juked him. And then he went the other way. And that's a guy like Bolton can run with the best of them. I mean, that's what the, one of the strengths Spags has a linebacker. They got tremendous speed, Willie Gay and Bolton. So, you know, I don't know if Spags will be quite as trying to corral Jalen in this game because he hasn't seen the big explosive runs like he saw in the Super Bowl, like he saw last year when he set an NFL record for rushing touchdowns. Um, so, so a lot more man zero? You could you could do some of that and, and maybe feel a little bit better about him not pulling the ball down and taking off. But I think we'll we'll know pretty quickly. Uh, you know, but the, 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 count, the, the other side to that, though, is Jalen's become a much better pocket quarterback. Come and he's great thrown pocket. it from yeah. the, He's thrown it from the pocket. I think in some ways, this might, A, it might extend Jalen, even though he's so young, extend his career, and B, he might become a better passer yep. because he's had to deal with this. And he's not as inclined to run as he once was. No, it makes you more a well-rounded quarterback. And, and I mean, I, I, we went through it, and we were watching the tape, and he has looked terrific. I mean, you know, he's looked the last few weeks, even before the bye. I mean, the Miami game, like, he's just hitting guys, knows where to go with the ball, and he's really dropping dimes. Well, you know, he's a he's a great deep ball thrower. 
and they they rely on that. I mean, A.J. Brown is at the top of the charts right now receiving because of it. I think you'll see Devontae Smith get very involved in the deep game like he did in the Super Bowl. So, uh, depending on what they do, look, the defense and the coverage dictates where you go with the ball. But one thing we know, even if A.J. Brown is doubled like he was in the Super Bowl, like, he's still going to put it out there. He ran right through the bracket. They had two guys on him. He ran right through the bracket for the opening touchdown of the game. Like, they're still going to take their shots. Like, that's how this offense is built. And they did it last year, uh, you know, with with Shane Steichen, and they're doing it this year with Brian Johnson. All right, let's look at the Kansas City offense, shall we? And kind of go into, they're different, too. I mean, obviously, ever since, you know, prior to last year, when Tyreek Hill goes to Miami, they lose out. You know, they've become a different type of, of, of offense. Travis Kelsey, we know, is their, you know, obviously big weapon. The Eagles have not done a good job at covering the tight end. If there's uh, a problem or a weakness with this Eagles defense, it's the back end, particularly the safety play. And, I mean, I, I mean, what do you do to corral Kelsey? Because you know that that's the first area where Andy's going to attack him. Well, you know, you, you, you can't just play man coverage and, and say you have help over the top. You, you have to do it in a variety of ways. I mean, I'm sure they studied what Vic Fangio did in Miami against Kansas City and the success that he has had, not just had this year, but in the past and how they've kind of come at him from different angles to try to corral him. But I think um, they're going to get Justin Watson back. He's sneaky fast. He's a, he's a good target. Mahomes trusts him. He's going to come back. And then I think Rishi Rice is a guy that looks like he's on the ascent. I don't know that Sky Moore or Kadarius Toney is going to give them a, a lot more juice than what they've given them this year. But I feel like Watson and Rishi Rice are guys that Mahomes is going to be looking to tonight. Yeah. Rice has been has been, he's been good for him. I mean, uh, not not great weapons on the outside. It's interesting about, about Rishi Rice. You know, he went to SMU. So uh, Mahomes lives in Dallas. So he was working out with them before the draft in down in Dallas. You know, he had, he had his throwing sessions down there and, Racy, you know, he's SMU kid. He's coming in the draft. And, uh, you know, he, I think Mahomes had a lot to do with Racy Rice getting drafted, to be honest mm. with you. He was a second round pick. And, you know, they were looking to fortify the receiver ranks. And I think, you know, after Mahomes worked out with him and threw to him a bunch before the draft, I th I'm not saying he got him drafted, but I think there was something there with his working with him that helped. Now, let's be real here, though. This Kansas City offense has struggled. We talked about it earlier with Joe and before Joe got on. This this Chiefs offense is different. It doesn't scare you as much as it did before. Well, I think they've taken a step down at the offensive tackle position. I think Jawan Taylor and uh, Donovan Smith are a little bit below what we have seen with Andrew Wiley last year and having Zeus out there. Like, I think they're not quite the same off the edges. And so the protection, if it breaks down, Mahomes is moving. If he's moving, like Joe uh, said in the, uh, in the interview, like he's looking, okay, what's beyond the X's and O's? And you just don't see the, quite the rhythm throws that I think you saw in the past couple of years. So you look at the Eagles' strength on defense, it's their front. Mm -hmm. And they can come at you off the edge, right? Uh, you've seen Hassan Reddick play much better over the last four so, games. Hassan Reddick has got seven and a half sacks in the last six games. Yep. Like, you know, he had 19 last year. Obviously, the Super Bowl was 
look, I, I mean, he came after me after I said some things about his performance in the Super Bowl. I stood tall and just took it. But, like, honestly, he's got to be a difference maker. Like, they're, they've put a lot of resources into the defensive line. Um, I'm, if they're going to make this second-half push, all right, to get back to a Super Bowl, I felt like – I feel like they've got to do it with their defensive front. Like, Josh Sweat is having a good season. Reddick, uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher, Jalen Carter. Like, that's got to be the group, I think, that takes the pressure off the back end where they've suffered so many injuries. So let's get to the Super Bowl, right? This is the rematch. So we went and we looked at, the, at that Super Bowl a million different times. And I felt like the Eagles outplayed the Chiefs. I mean, uh, barring a couple things I, that was quizzical to me, you, you knew that Mahomes' ankle after coming out of halftime mm -hmm. was a problem. And I still don't know why they didn't really pressure him. And, and well, they ran the ball. That's what, they, that's what Andy did. Andy he put it no. on the offensive line and said, you know, we don't know how healthy Mahomes is going to be, our quarterback is going to be. We're going to put it on you guys. And Pacheco got busy. That opening drive in the third quarter to get back into the game down 10, like they got right back into it, and they, they ran the ball right at the Eagles. Well, and, but they, and it was a way to kind of counter, you know, a pass rush that produced 70 sacks. Yeah, and they were playing light in the box, and – when it was a passing down, they didn't pressure. Yeah. Well, they were I mean, slipping. I thought that was a – I know they were slipping because of the field, but I, I got to tell you, I, I did not like what they did defensively in the second half. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they had four possessions, and they scored in all four possessions. Like, there was not a lot to like. You know, with the. You know, I, I mean, I, like, I, you know, like, you got to crowd the straight box. possession. Well, you got to crowd the box because there was even times when he was getting free when Mahomes was getting free. And yeah, he's got well, a bad ankle. Like, come on, yeah, man. Like, he's, gotta, gotta he's, got, he's got a bad ankle and he's dodging uh, defensive linemen and he's not slipping, but everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you make it a field? Uh, it was uh, atrocious. It was atrocious because it wasn't just Hassan Reddick. Everybody was slipping. A and. You know, this Super Bowl Sunday, like, you there, you, you, can't, whatever, the, the logo covered the entire field. And so you're throwing all this paint and all these this stuff on there to celebrate the game, and you're taken away from the game. Like, they can't ever let that happen again. No, no. And, you I, know, in Arizona, like, they have a tray. Like, I, I, I know that the, the technology, this German technology, they grow the grass outside. Right, and they roll it in. And they roll it in. And they resodded it, and it just, you know, and then they painted it, and it, it you know, it wasn't a, a firm footing. It was like, it was like a, basically a, a soccer field over in Europe where everybody just slides because it, it's easier to tackle guys. He, the sod father, we're still talking, we're still to this day, <laughs> was defending himself, this bastard. Yeah, well, uh, it didn't work in the Eagles' favor that day. No. What did you think uh, the the ending, the the – Kind of like the flag. Like, what was your – yeah, I, 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 Look, Bradbury had trouble in the game, all right? Like, he, he did that a couple of times. But to throw the flag on that play in that spot when we could easily have been looking at overtime, which everybody would have loved. Like, I just thought that – and look, did he, did he put his hands on the guy past five? Yeah, he did. Okay, is it an illegal – Contact, it is. But there's a lot of calls that didn't get called in the game. It's Super Bowl Sunday, let them play. And I just thought that's an incompletion. You know, Kansas City's kicking a field goal. 
uh, it's a totally different game. So tonight is like the big game, right? We're talking about Joe's on and Taylor Swift, right? The, you know, DeAndre Swift, he'll be the only Swift there. It, this is one of those like monster kind of games to kick off Thanksgiving week, which is a whole celebration of the, of the sport. And I'm curious, like when you look at it, like what? What are you? What are you? What are you looking at? It, like so, what are you looking for? So uh, you know, this I mean, game besides is, the obvious. Yeah, but I mean, this game is getting a lot of hype. We're all going to be watching. I think it's going to be the most watched sporting event since last Super Bowl. Okay, like the, the numbers are going to be huge. We're all going to be tuned in. So you just hope that when you get this, that you get everything that goes with the hype. That you just like I'm not here rooting for one team or the other. Like I just want to see a great game and. Look, if the if the ball is in the hands of Mahomes or Hurts at the end, and it takes, like we saw all weekend long, Dorian Thompson Robinson, you know Russell Wilson, these guys take their teams down the field, and score in dramatic fashion, to win the game. I mean, I'll take that regardless who wins. So we talked a lot about Andy. Andy was on the show. In fact, Andrew, our great producer, Andrew Fraser, we love him. Uh, maybe we can get the Andy interview. Uh, to actually re-show it for everybody. So make sure you can do that after the show. Stay tuned for it. You can take a look at it. But I, I want to take a moment and talk about Nick Sirianni because yeah. you brought it up to Joe. And and I, I've been a big fan, unabashedly a big fan of Sirianni. I, I think he's creative. I think he's relatable. Very creative. I, I, he's a really good football guy who, and I'll never forget, like, Listen, like everybody else, when he had his introductory news conference, you know, you wondered, is he ready for this yeah. kind of stage? I mean, not that you knew the guy obviously knew football, the whole thing, but was he ready for this kind of stage and ready for the stage to be Philadelphia? Yeah. It's one thing if you're in San Diego, now LA, and you're Brandon Staley and you could pull that nonsense that, like he did yesterday. You don't do that in Philadelphia. No, but you know the one thing about Nick, a couple things. One is, you know, he come. His father was a coach. His brother was a coach. His brother was a high school. His, another brother was a high school coach. One one brother was a head coach at Washington Jefferson outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, he comes from a family of coaches. That's what he knows. His vacations are coaches' vacations. Hit the golf clubs. Take the bride. Like go play some golf. Talk football. I mean, that's how they interviewed him down there, at West Palm Beach. He was on a golf vacation. And they pulled him off the golf course. He didn't even have a suit, didn't have a button-down shirt, didn't have anything. They said, well, that's you... where the Eagles interviewed Nick for yeah. his job. So that's that. But the that's one coach's vacation. You're so right. Now, that's not a Baldy vacation. No, that's not mine. But that's but a coach's vacation. I don't remember. And, and look, I'm, I'm all about golf vacations too, but I don't do a lot of those. I have different types. But the thing is that it gets hidden and doesn't get talked about because it's it's hard to like show it is he is a stickler on the fundamentals of the game. And they show up in so many different ways. Like, for just the little things, because, like, you ever see him just burn unnecessary timeouts? Never. You ever see him take, you never. like, stupid, like, no. uh, like challenges? No. Like, it, like, all that stuff. They're buttoned up. They are buttoned up, man. They look like a well-coached team. They don't do stupid late penalties. You know, like, just, uh, like, the, the, the stupid things where somebody, you know, like, gets... Uh, brought into a brawl and you throw a punch. Like you don't see that kind of stuff. They play aggressive but under control. But then if you just look at the fundamentals, like pad level, okay, um, how to like tackling in the open field, like just 
how to play the ball in the air without the penalties. Like just the little things that determine the outcome of games. I feel like he's on top of all of that. Well, it's funny, right? So, you know, we, we have the introductory news conference and then that's the off season. And remember the OTAs and like, all right, well, kind of like they look, they look good. And then I remember training camp mm -hmm. and being out at training camp going, you know what? Good camp. They're not physical, but nobody's physical anymore. And then the preseason comes and I'm going, they look good. They yeah. look like a well-organized team. And, yeah. and that's what stood out to me. It's funny you said that because having lived Sirianni's tenure here and everybody else, Peterson before that, Chip Kelly, and then Andy, you know, like you, I, I lo always looked about how they how they appeared in the spring training, like all the fundamental stuff, you know, where they disjointed, never, like they're never disjointed. And the thing I like about Sirianni is he he's not a pander, like like he may wear uh, you know yeah. Brandon Graham shirt, right. But, like, he's got no problem telling the whole team, oh, you guys, what are you doing? You're hiding your ass. Like, you know, come on. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a part of him, I think, well, first of all, Joe was spot on. Like, the players respect him. But I think he also gets Philadelphia. That's why he does a lot of that stuff. Like, it's all about Philly. Every sport. Like, he crosses over. He understands how important sports are in this town. He gets, he gets the fan. A lot of coaches and go to these towns. He's not fake about it either. He's not, he's not a Philadelphia guy. He's from outside of Buffalo. But he, but he gets Philadelphia. And you, you either get it or you don't get it. Because we've seen all kinds of misfits here, right, in all sports. So, but he, he gets it not just because he's winning. Like, he gets it. But there is, a, uh, there is a part of him. Like, you know, how's a guy come in and his two coordinators get a job, a head job, in less than two years. Shane Steichen was in Indianapolis. Jonathan Gannon, like he, his, his coordinators get jobs in the first two years. Like, who else has a tree that's growing that fast? Like, so what that tells me is this. And all, everybody that interviews these guys for, for any of these jobs in the NFL, the first thing they want to listen for is organization. Like, he has incredible organization skills. I know. Joe talked about it. Yeah. Like, they meet more than anybody. Yeah. But, like, yeah. they're organized. And when you go and talk to Shane Steichen or you talk to Jonathan Gannon and you're, you know, uh, you're in Indianapolis and you're looking for a head coach, you want a guy who's organized that knows how to plot an entire season. Like, this is how we do it. This is how we develop. This is our draft process. Like, you know, this is our game day, weekday process, how we travel. Like, he's... I think he's on top of all of that. He is. That's that's really what's so fascinating about it is that he is he's good and he in some ways like to me reminds me of he's the young Andy Reid. I'll never forget when Jeffrey remember when Jeffrey hires Andy mm -hmm. and it's nineteen nine coming off the ninety eight season. season. Yeah, all right. Roads last year. Yeah, and it's a mess. Like the Eagles mm -hmm. are horrible. Yeah. And they don't have a quarterback. No, but even beyond that, like there was no structure, right? The the they were signing guys off the street, just free agents. And I remember, I'll never forget. And this, listen, Ray was a a coordinator. I just don't think Ray was a really good football man. But I just don't think Ray was a head coach kind of guy. Mm -hmm. 
And they used to talk about the charter, right? And the charter, when there was turbulence and the plane would dip, the liquor bottles would <laughs> go to one side of the plane. Yeah. Like, that's what kind of... Now, Andy came in and he completely changed the culture and changed the franchise, right? And they go from Veteran Stadium to Lincoln Financial Field and NovaCare, which is a beautiful... The bubble in the parking lot that you were at to NovaCare in South Philly, which is a beautiful practice facility. And he gets Rick Burkhalter, who's Rick Burkhalter, who's in Kansas City, who's now. In Kansas City with him. Rick is a pre great trainer, the whole thing. And, like, you see that he planted the seedlings of success. And then you look at his staff, right? He's got, we talked about it, Spags was a linebacker coach, was mm -hmm. linebacker's coach. Yep. He had Leslie Frazier. Mm -hmm. uh, he had Jim Johnson, we all love, we all know. But, you know, they, they had, he had Rivera. Ron Rivera, Brad yeah. Childress. He had John Harbaugh coaching special teams. Like, it's, it's a Sean Marty McDermott. Yes, yeah, Sean McDermott. I mean, and you look at what Sean did defensively, mm -hmm. who he channeled last night against the Jets. Mm -hmm. He channeled Jim Johnson. Yeah. Like, Spags uses a lot of what Jim Johnson, oh, yeah. his principles. So does Ron Rivera. And how he does it. Yeah. Like, all these head coaches, and they all came from Andy. Well, you know, Andy will always show you, you know, when he first came, he brought just a binder of how to do this. And it came from Holmgren. Like, he, like, Holmgren, like, they both went to San Francisco State. You know, Andy was like, they both coached there. And so Andy's like, well, how do you, you know, he leaves BYU, grad assistant, San Francisco State. That's where Holmgren went. You know, Holmgren gets a job in Green Bay, Andy comes with him. Like, they just, you know, he learned so much from Mike about organization, structure, all the stuff you're describing. And he put it all into a binder. When Harbaugh went to Baltimore, he did the same binder. He had the same, like, he, he wanted, he, was, he came to me, he was looking for a job at one point, the Duke job was open. He had a binder, like, give him this ball. This is what, this is who I am. This is how we do things. Like, there was so, there was a, like a, uh, a blueprint for how to put this thing together. What, what's it, we talk about organization, right? And for most people, you go, like, what, is, what does that really mean? How does that manifest itself? It, look at the binder. What's in the binder? How you practice, right? When you practice. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll never forget Andy talking about uh, mapping out. He had years of schedule. Like, he could have told you three years from now when they'll when day four of training camp would be. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and Andy, uh, you know, always had physical training camps. Even when things were, like, really going away from contact and getting physical and tackling, and he still does it. His first week, I mean, I remember going out to the Lehigh and watching Trotter take down Westbrook like it was Super Bowl Sunday on the practice field. But he wanted to toughen his team up. And he thought that's one of the ways you toughen them up is you hit them and you bang them, find out who's in shape and get through. Like, he never lost players to major injuries uh, during training camp. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but I don't think they lost Benny if they did. But they were ready to play. So when Andy got there, you're going to hear it when you, if you didn't see the Andy interview, check it out after the show. He tells a story. I bring it up because I remember it. It's uh, a, his first time in Philadelphia where he's with his longtime security, well, it would be his yeah. longtime security guy, uh, Butchie, Butch, Butch Canico. Butchie was a Philly cop, yeah. mounted police, who I still love, Mr. Wolf, I would call him, because he would take care of all the issues and problems. 
So they're at, they're at dinner. It's a snowstorm. They're at a place called Frederick's. Okay. It's in South Philly at Freddie Vitti's joint. Yeah. Right? It's South Philly. Snowstorm. So it's just them, and then there's another table, a couple with a priest. Okay. And the priest comes up to Andy and goes, you're the new coach for the Eagles. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he goes, I'm going to make you feel right at home. Boom! <laughs> and that's what, he, that's what he did. And then the priest sends over a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and Andy doesn't drink, so Andy, but Butchie drank it. I think it was a bottle of wine, actually. And Butchie drank it. But that was that his was first his foray. Uh, and now all these years later, I just, I, it's so interesting because the league is littered with ex-Eagles and ex-Andy Reid guys all over the place. In, in, in both coaching and in front office. Like so many different guys have, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, you know, one of his guys, right? I mean, he just, he recruits them, he raises them, you know, it, it comes from really the Bill Walsh tree. That's where Holmgren learned how to develop coaches. He developed all those guys, Gruden, and all the guys up in Green Bay. And Andy, you know, followed suit. And there was a way that you give these guys responsibility. You, like, he knew that uh, – he just knew certain guys were just built to become head coaches. In Buffalo, like, he knew that guy was super smart. Why is it that those head coaches – come from these little schools, right? Like Northern Arizona, San Francisco State, mm -hmm. or on the east side, like on the east coast, New New Hampshire. Yeah. Right? Like the all those Carroll College and right, like Ohio. All, yeah. Why why Amherst? Like the ones in Massachusetts. Well I think you know you're you're you know it, it it's the essence of coaching. Like you're 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 the little guy. And you got to go play these big schools for whether it's money or because of conference, whatever it is. And you got to find ways to um, to basically uh, shrink the difference between whether it's talent or finances or whatever else. Like like when I was at Duke, Steve Spurrier came uh, in 1980 to be our offense coordinator. And Steve brought the passing game. Everybody in the ACC was running the veer. We were, we were throwing the football. And that was our equalizer. We could compete with Clemson. We could beat Clemson who's the top five school in the country. We could beat North Carolina because we were throwing the football way ahead of anybody else that was throwing it. And I think when you're, you know, there's uh, uh, in San Francisco State, like we don't have really facilities. We don't have a lot of money, but we play. So what are we going to do with as little as we have? Let's maximize it. I think you, you learn how to, you know, it's, it's like learning the trade from the bottom floor. All right. Listen, we've reached – the end of this celebration of what's going to happen tonight in Kansas City. Weather is going to be a bit ugly. Who wins? Who do you, who do you think? Who, what about I'm this feeling Philadelphia. Up? I'm feeling Philadelphia tonight. I feel like they're going to put on a good show. I know Kansas City's defense is as good as there is in this league right now, but I feel like Philadelphia has the playmakers. I think they have the bigger stars, and the stars win games. I think they have more of them than Kansas City. All right. Uh, Make sure you watch for Julio Jones, like we said. Look out for Julio. All right. Uh, you got Cam Jurgens, beef jerky right there at, uh, at right guard tonight. It'd be, a, uh, I think, a, a solid upgrade in addition to that offensive line. And watch it how uh, Spags tries to defend Jalen if he goes heavy with a lot of heavy blitz packages. Should be pretty interesting. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to give you the Andy Reid clip and then also – Tomorrow, we'll go over all that happened on Sunday. We begin Thanksgiving week, everybody. It's a great time of the year. So, 
Uh, we're going to be with you all week this week, celebrating a game we all love, football. Football family and a whole bunch of food. It'll be a great week. For Baldy, I'm Cuz. Shorty game tonight.